Welcome to Pegging Coffee Talk. Here are your hosts, Oswin and Lord Knight. So today's topic, ritual writing. Oh, yay. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is something you've been wanting to talk about for a while. Well, I haven't seen too many people talk about it. I've seen a few. Right. All right. Um, and there seems to be some confusion about what you, what you do, how you do it. Well, first of all, let's... A ritual is a something we do to celebrate or commune with the gods. Right. Let's see. Then you have like two different types of rituals. You either have mystery uh, rituals, which are rituals based on your mysteries and your tradition. Mm-hmm. All right. So those will vary from tradition to tradition. Then we also have some that are along the lines of um, myth rituals. Okay. All right. Now, this could either be a small play that you could do during ritual. We've even done it as a story. Right. You know, Lord Men used to love doing the um, the descent of the goddess. Mm-hmm. And he'd bring in this big old um, stool looking thing. It looked like a mushroom, but it was a stool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I remember was, that old stool. Yeah. He would sit there and literally look at all of us and read us this story as if he was reading the night before Christmas. <laughs> Did the whole voices, the whole night. It was, it was neat. Right. You know, I mean, the story wasn't that long, but what we would do is we would come up with themes. Like we would do the moon cycles, so your 13 moons, and we would give it a theme. Then we would give a different theme for the Sabbaths. And you would, th- and each ritual would be based upon that theme. Well, say for instance, I know we did, uh, we did gemstones. Yeah. One time so that each, each ritual was based off of one particular gemstone. I know we did the nine woods. Yeah. Right. We did the nine sacred woods that, that we've heard from Druidism. We've done, uh, the names of the local moons. Right. In our area. Right. We did those for the full moon jump. Yeah. Those were actually fun. And of course, you know, when we have a Sabbath falling on a full moon, we do the Sabbath, not the full moon. So there's a lot of times, hey, you know, out of them 13 moons, you might only have to write 12. Right. <laughs> if you get lucky. Right. You might only have to do 10 or 11. Right. Whatever. You know. Yeah. If the Sabbath happens to fall on there. But that's just the way we do it. Right. Some people will do both or. I mean, we, we've even done a set where it's based on like our first degree lecture series. Right. Where it was just stuff that we kept on picking out of them. Right. We would take, uh, take something out of each lecture and incorporate that into a ritual to kind of uh, reinforce well, a, a good one I can that give, information. A good ritual I can give is, is that there was one year me and Lady Abba did this ritual and she was giving this speech to everybody in ritual. You were not in because you knew what was going on and you would screw it up. Right. So you, you, you decided not to come to ritual, but each person she gave a speech to and convinced them all to take a knee. Right. Till it went all the way around. Then she got to me. She asked me the same question, gives me the same spill as everybody else. He goes, will you take a knee for your goddess? Blah, blah, blah. And I say no. 
that we walk with our gods, and we cannot walk with our gods if we are on our knees. Right. So therefore, we do not get on our knees. Just like we cannot walk with the gods when we are, you know, with our faces planted in the ground. So we do not kneel for the gods, nor should we ever have to. I'm sorry, this was a quite a special moment for everybody who took a knee was like, uh, what? Right. And, and of course, re- that was most everybody. Most everybody. And I, I'm sorry, just the look on everybody's faces when it dawned on them what we were actually talking about, what the actual ritual was about. Right. And it was actually quite good re- ritual. You know, this where people are starting to understand, you're right. I can't just kneel because somebody tells me to. I have to kneel because, well, I never do because why should I? Right. <laughs> but, I mean, that's not the point. The point was the ritual itself. Because I remember we even did a ritual for uh, in bulk, where it was the coffee and the cake. Uh, coffee and cake. Oh, yeah. See, because what we did on this was, and Lord Men chuckled the whole entire time, was we did the actual cakes and wine at the very start of the ritual. Right. Got all sugared up and caffeine. up. But what did we use? We used donuts, the most laden sugar stuff we could find. <laughs> this, I mean, just looking at it would put a diabetic in coma. Right. <laughs> right. And in the chalice, we had coffee. <laughs> because how, because the idea of this ritual was, how can we wake up the earth if we're not awake ourselves? So we need energy. We need to be stimulated. Right. So we did all this and then everybody stumped the floor and stuff like that to wake the earth up. Right, that was actually a pretty good ritual. <laughs> I think everybody had a good time with that one. I know we even did the uh, a hunt ritual. Yes, yes, I remember that one too. All right, and which, yes, they put me in basically a kilt, a black kilt, painted me up, and put me in this getup where it was like a piece of every animal in our area. I had a horn in one, I had a horn in one hand coming out of one side of the head. I an antler coming out of the other, running around being chased by the hunter. Right. Which, again, that whole starts out with, because we were reenacting Tear. Yes. So everybody was doing the chant as I'm chasing, as the beast chases man, then the flint's given and he chases me, then kills me and presents the beast to the high priestess. It was actually a wonderful ritual. It was. But again, here's the thing was, I think we were actually doing hunters as the cycle for the Grand Sabbath. And the whole idea of the hunter and the prey theme throughout that year. Right. Which made it a whole lot easier to write rituals. Well, yeah, and I was going to say, I mean, for those out there that are saying, well, do you have to come up with a theme? No. We nope. just we found it easier. I found it easier for me. I know some people in our coven don't, but it's, it's still there, you know, as an option. Right. And it is it is um you know, when we were doing the the themes regularly, it was I don't know, it was a lot easier because once you had the theme, you just, you know, you just well like for the uh for the moons where we did all the uh, the local names for the moons and the and the lore behind them, it was already there for you. Right. All we had to do was the actual activity itself. 
So when it comes down to it, you have you have your your core ritual, which is well. I mean, again, your basic when, ritual. When we start to when we start to write ritual, we put up there at the top. What is that? Um, circle cast as usual. Yeah, circle is cast as usual. But in that abbreviation, was there abbreviation? Did it make a uh, no? A, no, it wasn't. In, but yeah, that's literally what we put up at the top. We don't even put the circle casting. Circle cast as usual, right? Everything else, and then now you have down at the bottom is cakes and wines and circle. You know, Circles uncast, uncast as, as usual. usual. Yeah, and that's it. Those are the instructions. There, the majority of it is the body of the ritual itself, right? And that's it, right? And that's that's what I was getting at. I mean, once you've got most people already have their circle casting. Right. And their circle closing. So really all you have to worry about is the body of your ritual. Yes. And I mean, that's it. Otherwise, it should all be the same. So, you know, your invocation, your whatever you're doing is done in your circle casting. So mainly you're you're picking up after where in the world all that leaves off. Right. I mean, if you're like us in most traditionals where we get in, we cast circle, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Right. Less than five minutes if we can. All right? Then we start the actual ritual itself. You know, you start asking yourself questions like, well, what do we need to learn? And I'm sorry, if you're a high priest or priestess and you're looking at these rituals, you have to look and see what in the world's required for everybody. Right. You know, what something, because you might have this, you know, hey, I want to do this ritual or something like this to make this connection, blah, blah, blah. But that doesn't mean everybody in that ritual is going to make that same connection. No. Well, and you're not going to have everybody making the same connection in every ritual. Right. So, you know, you but if you've got, if you're looking at things and you're looking at your coven members and you're seeing a common thread. Right. Use that. Use that. I mean, and don't get me wrong. If you're if you're part of a coven and you're starting to, and you're a first degree and you're starting to try to write rituals, yeah, your elders are going to want to uh, to uh, approve it because right. if they have more neophytes, they might not want certain mysteries or stuff revealed to them right now. Right. Then you know there might be other occasions to where you know because the majority of times. We sort of believe if you write the ritual, you should have the right to perform it. Because, again, we have to train people up to perform rituals. Absolutely. And then you also got to think about different levels, I guess, of rituals. You got closed rituals, which are either limited by degree or initiation or some type. Right. So there are closed rituals, yes, where, okay, no first degrees can show up. It's just second and thirds. Sometimes it's just third degrees. All right? I mean, it's odd for that to happen, but... But it does happen. It does happen. And this is what closed rituals are like. This means, especially if, you know, we're doing a closed ritual, first degree and higher, just a regular ritual, closed ritual, that means we're going to be doing stuff that we do not do for, quote-unquote, open ritual. Like, well, we will do our quarter calls out loud and do everything very obviously, unlike in an open circle where we might not. You know, you'll see us walk over to, you know, one of the directions, one of the quarters, and do some hand gestures but never actually hear anything because we're saying it in our head instead. Right. 
because that's a public ritual and it's just not something we do. Makes sense. Well, it makes sense to me. I just, you know. Well, I mean, you have those open, <laughs> and then you have open rituals. All right? Because you got closed rituals, which is only your coven or certain members of your coven. Then you have open rituals, which is going to be more likely to be your coven, and those that are going to be there are going to be pre approved by a high priest or a priestess. Right. Based on rank. Most second degrees do not have to have somebody interview, but they at least have to let the high priest or priestess, hey, I got a friend coming over who's wanting to try this, blah, blah, blah. Right. And nothing said. First degrees, the majority of the times, if you're going to bring a guest, they have to be approved. Third degrees, well, there's not even, you don't even have to mention it, but out of respect and all that, we normally say something. But nothing's ever actually said or whatever. Now, again, if you bring a guest into ritual, that guest, we consider your responsibility. Right. So if there's a feast or whatever, they get drunk or whatever, that reflects upon you, not that person. You should be able to have that person there to where in the world you go, okay, you might want to slow down on the drinking. You're being a little obnoxious. This is not how Temple. (laughs) Yep. yep. You know what I mean? So, again, I'm I'm not going to sit there and babysit your guests because they've decided to get sick and puke. Right. I'm going to be looking at you going, nope, this is you. You brought them. Right. You brought them. You clean it up. Uh, <laughs> if I bring, because my thought is, if I bring somebody or invite somebody like that and they do that, I'm going to be the one cleaning it up. Right. So I'm not asking anybody to do something I'm not asking. No, of course not. And I don't know exactly how in the world to tell you the right ritual. I don't think there's any one way to do it. I, I, mean, I don't think there's any one way style to do it because when I do it, I got bullet points. But I've seen other priestesses do that, and they literally have everything. They got a script. Right. There's there's a whole script. It's all written out word for word. I mean, don't get me wrong. We have rituals like that, like our initiation rituals and our marriage rituals and our death rites and all this. Those are pretty standard. Right. You know, you're having to read from them and do certain things. So they're there. That, I guess that's the one good thing about a grand is, you know, if, if you have initiations, you're like, woohoo, I get to skip a Sabbath. <laughs> <laughs> I only got to do seven instead of eight. Right. <laughs> but, you know, it's, uh, but yeah, there, there's not any one way to do it. There's not really a right way to do it or a wrong way to do it. It's just whatever works for you. I mean, I find it more difficult to write ritual for myself. I do not see how solitaries do it. Yeah. So you're talking, you're talking just a personal ritual, personal outside of the coven. Right. Now either eat, and I will admit either a, this is because I've written rituals too long for groups. Could be, yeah. And don't and haven't done that many private ones, but my private rituals are normally just me casting circle and doing what I got to and then sitting down and just meditate. Because I don't feel I have to do anything. I don't actually have to do a ritual. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, no, because um The communing enough just by myself is well, like I'm, I'm traveling for work now, so I don't, I don't get to attend 
uh, you know, a lot of rituals. So, and I work second shift. So my timing is a little off. In which I do not work. So um, that's different. You know, <laughs> my, my timing is a little off as far as rituals are concerned. So when I sit down to do mine, it's pretty much the same. It's, I don't really write a ritual. You just, it's, it's a meditation time for me. Right. And I use that time to meditate on the gods. And, and I mean, this is a different type of meditation versus yes. your daily meditation. This yes. is a meditation where you literally are concentrating on deity. and Right. I'm focused on right. something specific usually. And, of course, you know, you've cast that circle. And we believe that casting that circle is sacred space, which brings you closer to deity, right. which heightens that experience. Right. And then don't have a problem with that. I mean, if that's your own personal, you know, I, doing it with a group, doing that with a group, which we've had somebody write a ritual like that where mm-hmm. they just came out, did the charge of the goddess, the whole nine yards, and then everybody meditated. Right. You know, this same person also wrote that for every ritual, all 13 rituals. Well, yeah, but. But it was funny because the point of it was repetition. Right. It was a simple ritual and all this, and it was just to get people into the concept of repetition and how good it is to have that consistency. Right. It's not something you maybe want to do all the time, but. (laughs) But it got the idea across. Well, it got the idea. And there actually were some times when people walked out of there and they were crying because they had some experience that they hadn't had before. No, just sitting down to do that. Just sitting down, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's some other rituals we're talking about where some more intense things happen, which we're not talking about. Oh, absolutely. Even Lady Keegan said something about it, but I did drama in like junior high and high school, and right. she thinks that actually helps with ritual writing. Yeah, how so? The dramatic of drama and stage and the, oh, the, the, okay. learning how to do that. Mountain out of a molehill thing, I guess. All but right. Some of the things me and her talked about, she was just like, oh, you just come up with these really dramatic rituals sometimes. <laughs> well, and then too, when you're coming up with your quarter calls, you know, especially if you're solitary, coming up with quarter calls that you want to do on a regular basis, your invocations to the god and goddess, they don't have to be dissertations. No. Matter of fact, they're better if they're not. You know, they don't have to be a page-long invocation to the God. Mm-mm. You can keep it pretty simple and have something that's very beautiful. I mean, the majority of the time, the majority of the times, we're just using, you know, for our um, group rituals or for coven rituals, we don't, we we try not to use specific deities when we can. Right. We will use the obsessus of the great mother and great father. The whole entire concept, all is one, one is all. Right. That way, each person, because we have multiple people in our temple that have different beliefs. We have some people that are Nordic and believe that. We got some people that are Nor- uh, Roman and believe that. We got other people like me who follow more of a Celtic path. Right. And then that gives us a chance to insert our deity into that right. situation. All right, now in my personal one, I'm going to do certain deities. Well, sure. Versus, you know, uh, what I'm going to do out in public. 
out in public i'm trying to the, the ideas that the it's not and i don't want to say it this way that the names of the gods aren't as important as just having the gods there yeah i can yeah i completely see that so is more important to us and that the important part we've actually put into the body of the ritual itself this is what's going to bring it a lot not the fact that you did a two-page invocation to this goddess or that god or whatever right does that make sense yeah but no i was yeah i wasn't mean i was just saying trying to reiterate that um you can have a, a beautiful invocation that's you know only a couple of sentences long or maybe you know three or four sentences whatever but it doesn't have to be a page if you want to do a page by all means feel free to do so there are some beautiful ones out there but said at some point especially if you're with some other people some people are going to be like are they done yet well one thing i've always said about ritual and i'm going to say this now if you sit there and say you're going to do ritual at this time you do ritual at that time oh yeah not we, two hours later, not when the... <laughs> I mean, because if we're going to wait for the spirit to hit us to do this, you could be sitting there waiting six months. Right. You might never get it done. Right. And again, this is that argument we've always had, that spirituality is akin to chaos, where religion is akin to order, and where the priestesses handle our spiritual or the chaos men handle the orders. So when the guy so when your priest goes, Hey, we're doing ritual at seven o'clock, you're gonna get in the gear. Right. Well we, this is also back to that keeping your word, but Well I was gonna say we used to call that pagan standard time. <laughs> I mean we were just and I've heard a lot of people refer to it as that and I don't know the the name kind of sticks, but it's that whole thing of hey, we're going to do a ritual at 7, and then 8 o'clock rolls around, and you're just now getting things together. Yeah. Makes no sense. <laughs> it's like, really? Why really? Why did you tell me 7 o'clock if we're not going to... I mean, we we did full moon at like 7 o'clock. You would walk in literally like five minutes ahead. Altar was set up. Everything was ready to go. You came in. You Some people only you know didn't even change into their robes. They no. just took off all their jewelry or metal or whatever. Right. Get ready, go inside circle. We do full moon, what, maybe 30 minutes tops? Right. Come out, have a short little coven member meeting, whatever, who's doing what, what we have events coming up, who, who decided to do the uh, food stuff. and Right. And then that's it. We're home and everybody's out of there by 8. And it, it seemed to be a good time because, what, 6 o'clock, everybody got a chance to eat or feed their family. Right. Of course, they might not eat themselves, come over to the house, do ritual, go back home, grab a bite to eat. And by the time they got back, kids have done finished homework and there's just check up on homework, getting kids in the bed. But then again, we were pretty consistent with, uh, and we still are pretty consistent with, we're starting at seven o'clock. And that's just an example. It may right. have been later, but you know, we're starting at seven o'clock. If you're not here by seven o'clock, yeah, don't expect to get in because we're locking our doors. Right. I mean, don't give me. And that's not that's not an effort to keep people out necessarily. It's just it's you, you, safety you, for everyone. We're locking our doors so that so nobody so nobody just randomly comes in. Right. Thinking nobody's home. You know. Or you don't walk through the door. I and mean, how hilarious! 
How we're hilarious, in the middle of ritual. How hilarious would it be for somebody to rob, go to break in to rob the house, break into a second <laughs> story, work their way down just to find everybody's there, all dressed out in black robes and knives. With, and, with their athoms out. With their athoms out. <laughs> oh, crap. Wrong house. Excuse me. I'm going to put all this stuff right <laughs> down. I'm just going to leave it right, right here. here. And I'm backing away. <laughs> That would be pretty funny. You know, that's kind of like the joke. You know, it, imagine the Ku Klux Klan in our area running across a group of Nordics. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we came out here in white robes and pointy hats, and they came out in black robes with weaponry. <laughs> right. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another episode. Peg and Coffee Talk is brought to you by Life Temple and Seminary. Please visit us at lifetempleseminary.org for more information, as well as links to our social media. Facebook, Discord, Twitter, YouTube, and Reddit. We travel down this trodden path, a maze of stone and mire. Just hold my hand as we pass by a sea of blazing pyres And so it is the end of our days So walk with me till morning breaks And so it is the end of our days So walk with me till morning breaks